welcome to another episode of the Single Girl's Guide to Life, your weekly guide to single life living in your 20s, 30s and 40s. I'm Chantelle Dyson, a single life empowerment coach, helping women to enjoy their single life and not worrying about their relationship status. This podcast goes into a number of different areas, including solo travel, living alone, sometimes a bit of dating, just in case you want to dip your toe into it, and making sure that you support yourself in your single life with friendship, community, and making sure that you get used to being on your own, knowing who you are, and knowing what you want to do in your life. And in today's episode, actually, we are going to delve into a little bit of the dating realm. We do that every now and then because I realise that it's definitely part of being a single girl. And there is still sometimes that desire to want to find someone. The issue I have is if we try and do that to solve problems that actually go a little bit further than that. But once we've got past that stage, once we know that we're not using dating to solve our loneliness, that we don't think it's going to answer all of our problems, then dating is an actually really fun, exciting thing to do, whether you've got intentions for family life, or if you just want the experience of having a relationship where you love someone and you've been reading about all these different things, you've been doing the personal development work, and actually you're at a stage where you've worked on communication, you've worked on knowing what you want, and you want to get out there and actually practice relationship stuff because you can't practice that unless you're doing it. You could read all the stuff on attachment theory and until you start applying it, you wouldn't really know how you're doing, what's going to come up for you until you try. Now, often I get asked a lot about dating despite not really being the person that goes into dating heavily, but I do spend time discussing it and hearing from women their experiences and having my own because I've toyed with dating or not dating, which you're fully entitled to do at any point in your single life. Just because you're single doesn't mean you have to be dating all the time. And you can say, I'm taking a break, which is entirely healthy to be doing. There will be times where you are and where you aren't. And then there's these cliche things that come up that can be particularly annoying. And in this case, we are going to be talking about the fact that people might tell you that you're being too picky and that if your standards are so high, you're never going to meet anyone. And I can imagine some of you with a little chuckle along there because you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm an eye roll because you're remembering the time that someone said that to you. And you won't be alone in someone having said that to you because from the outside, that's what it can look like. But really, it's that element of making sure that you hold your standards because you know what you're looking for. And we're going to go further into this topic today. Having high standards is one of the best things you can do for yourself. At the end of the day, from the whole pool of people that are out there, there are only going to be a few suitable candidates that actually match the things you want. It can be seen that because we're not dating and not having success in dating, Is dating a lot of people successful? Is it better to not be dating people and that's successful? Your life is successful whether you're dating or not and having a relationship or not. But it's that perception of if you're going on lots of dates, is that more successful than having no dates at all? Depends how you value your time and depends on what experiences you want. I would rather only go on dates that I know have some potential. And if that means that I've to some degree screen them by having a video call, by chatting enough and seeing if they can get to the kind of depth of conversation that I would need and would want in a relationship, then I've saved myself time by not. But traditionally speaking, it's not always been as easy for us as women to be able to make the demands 
or any demands really of the standards that we receive in dating. Now, this goes back way back. Okay, we're talking. I say that when in actual fact, some of the elements that I will refer to today are literally like less than 50 years back. Let's go to those 50 years. 50 years ago, a woman could not open a bank account in her own name. It wasn't until 1975 that that was a thing. And that fact came from The Unexpected Joy of Being Single by Catherine Gray, something we read earlier in the year within our book club, which is our online single girls club community. And I was shocked. I never knew this. I never even thought of it as a concept that a woman wouldn't be able to open her own bank account in her own name I believe it could be co-signed with someone, but not their own name. We take that for granted nowadays that I have a bank account and many of you will have your own bank accounts in your own names and that money is yours. And you didn't have to have a partner to be able to open a bank account and you had some control of some money. But even then, was it entirely yours? I don't know. I didn't go into the depths of it. But it shocks me, obviously, that people, that women didn't have that control over their own lives. And Obviously, we've known that society has changed. We still have a very patriarchal background to our country and some of that still lives through. We're not fully at that point where equality has been entirely achieved and depends what you define, but it is definitely improving. But back then, a woman's social status was reliant on who she was married to and all of the things that were in her realm. And sometimes marrying up, if possible, could elevate the status of that woman. And whilst we still have the class system nowadays and that could still happen, there is still more opportunities for multiple people. You can't help the difference between literally how much financial wealth and the differences that gives you and sometimes the connections that leads to in general, not just for women. But there was definitely more of an element of women having to marry so as to actually be able to live a life, to have some level of financial security, social security, of housing, of status, of being respected in society, and to then fulfil the role, probably, of homemaker, of raising the children and of being there. That very traditional feminine role that used to exist. And for some people, it's still what they want to do. And for some people, they still think it's kind of that way, that that relationship does define anybody, not just women, but particularly so for women and the pressure of having children. However, nowadays, a woman can get job promotions, mostly the same as men. They can live independently, get their own mortgages. There isn't the reliance that they used to have on men. And so therefore, rather than purely or with a slight weighting, looking at some of the practicalities of what the man could offer, We've now got, you still want to look at the practicalities because if you're thinking of raising children, maybe you will look at someone that's you determine has enough money to support that lifestyle, whether you want to then be the stay-at-home mum to raise them. So what does that mean for the person that you're going to be with's job? Or are you both going to work, but you've both got the flexibility to go four days a week and you share the child raising? Who knows nowadays? Those options are available. It isn't these, the man must go to work and the woman must stay at home. That's different. But it also means that with the pressure off of that side, the elements that are around personality, character, behaviour, attitudes and all of that stuff matters a lot more because we don't have to just look at the very practical elements of a relationship. We're looking at, does this person really care about me? 
Uh, is there passion? Does, are they understanding? And do they have the empathy and emotional skills to develop a strong relationship that I'm looking for? And a recent article came out about the rise of lonely single men by Dr. Greg, which had some controversy around it. People hadn't felt he'd been as scientific as he could be, though what he has found from the people he's spoken to, I could echo, I'm hearing the same thing, that what women want is a lot more to do with the character of the man and doesn't have that owner so much on the practicalities. Now, obviously, that would have been changing over time and some people say, well, it's been like that for a while now. But I think where personal development and self-help has also become bigger and women have been leaning into that, they've become more aware of the work that they can do and are doing it, whether that's more encouraged of them because of breaking stereotypes or the stereotypes fits a sort of female energy more. There's definitely a shift in wanting those skills from men. I can agree with that article on an opinion and experience basis that I have, and maybe not everyone, but it does seem that it is that way. Now, from the outside, it can seem like we're asking for a lot, that we are saying that this person has to be perfect. And obviously, if you're saying that someone's got to be perfect in absolutely every single way, then that is a problem. There are times when standards Maybe not standards are too high, but there are too many standards. And it also depends if you're going to be really picky about things that that person cannot change about them. So, I mean, you can change the colour of your hair, but you know where I'm going with this. The person can't change their height. And if you're going to be really, really picky and not give any leeway on how tall someone is, then you're going to be minimalising your chances. Back to episode number 55, I spoke about the odds in dating on the general principles of them being male, heterosexual and single, for example, and within a particular age range, if they are the demographics you were going for. And anytime you do add a layer on, it's going to reduce the chances of meeting someone like that. It's not a problem to have expectations about what you want because it's empowering. The reason that you should have those standards is so that you don't end up in a relationship that's not really what you want. You want to be in a relationship that works for you and no two relationships look the same. We can see common themes. We can see that this person and their relationship is great over there, but that person and that relationship is good for them over there and they look entirely different. This one, they spend lots of time together. This one, one person is away for work a lot, but when they're together, then they do X, Y, Z, which is not what the other couple do. Both can be as happy as one another because it's the type of relationship that works for them. And even sometimes you look at the dynamics. Some couples very much tease one another and are sarcastic. And that wouldn't fly with me. I don't think I'd get on well with that level of sarcasm because of my personality type and how I interpret that. But for other people, it works wonderfully. And so no one can tell you what your relationship should look like. And it is about determining what you want from a person. And there are all these elements you can look at from as mentioned, the way that you communicate. How often do you communicate and how do you communicate? Are they willing to have deep conversations? For me, that's really important. To other people, they're not fussed about that. They don't go into that bit. That's definitely something that I can't get past. And I can tell that from someone's messaging and the way that they explain things. Are they short answers? Are they long answers? None of these are red flags. I don't sit there and deem anything a red flag unless there are really red flags around. This is all to do with character, personality and elements like this. And 
whilst you still want to have that physical attraction, there are certain things that you can get over with the physicality of someone because quite often, and you'd have seen it, you might know people where they actually knew them as friends first and they didn't fancy them at all, but it was actually their personality and character that they fell in love with most. So there's lots of different elements at play here. But the reason it's important to have those standards is it shows that you know what you want. Quite clearly, there's a couple of things I'm already hinting that I know what I want and would look for. And some of them are absolute non-negotiables because if I didn't have someone that I could talk to in depth with, they don't have to be able to talk back. They can just be a good listener and be able to ask even more questions and keep the conversation going. But I often have a lot to say. It's about how the dynamic works together. But if someone doesn't like listening and doesn't like thinking about things and considering those things, I'm going to find that hard if that's someone I'm going to talk to regularly and maybe at some point live with and then not be able to have some of those conversations with. Don't get me wrong, there should be more than that one person that I have those conversations with, hence this podcast. But it's that element of if that person's going to have such a majority in my life, I want that. I've previously mentioned about what their interests are and I can get past some of their interests. You'd like to think you've got some common interests, but you don't need to be perfectly matched on everything and you should be able to maintain your independence from that person and so should they. There should be things that they love that you either don't care for or actually really don't like and the same on the other side. Like they might not want to come to the McFly concert with me and so be it, that's fine, but I'm always going to go and do that. Now, the other thing with having high standards is that when you know what you want, you won't settle for less than you deserve. And sometimes people think that by having these sets of standards, you are pushing people away. And they're not wrong. The idea of having those standards and what you're looking for is to get rid of the people that are not for you. Why would you waste time entertaining the idea of someone when you're saying to me, to your friends, to family members when you're talking about dating, that they just don't talk to you as much as you want or they don't commit to a date in the way that you want. And there is an element on our side to communicate what we want. So to some degree, you might say, oh, it's really useful to me to get things booked in the diary. It means I know it's going to happen and I have quite a busy schedule. But at the same time, when you're so early in dating, you want to kind of be taking the person as they are. Over time, a person will change and they will adapt. And maybe it's something they need to consider if they're not very good at putting dates in diary and sticking to them. But maybe that's just them. And if that's not gelling already, then maybe that's not going to work for you depending on how it makes you feel. And so by politely saying when it comes to it that you're looking for someone that really puts dates in the diaries and sticks to them, it's not telling them off for not being that way. It's holding the standard that you have and knowing what you want. And this comes down to so many different elements of knowing what you want to happen. Do you want to move in together within a year or so? Or are you going to want to maintain living on your own for another two, three years, maybe? How do you feel about those elements and starting to talk about that? Now, you have to get to a certain point in dating to be even considering those things because you have to decide if you like them. But knowing this makes you an attractive, high quality partner, because it shows that you're looking for something that is long term and real. And it shows that you've got complete respect for yourself, particularly so when you take yourself out of a situation that looked okay on paper, but didn't really match what you wanted. Because that's so powerful. If you are able to, if you've got the strength to not accept this person who is nice, who has a lot of good ticks, but doesn't there's something just not quite there or they're just not doing that in the way that you thought, then you've got an entire lot of self-respect and self-love to say, 
you're a really nice person, but it's just not the right setup for me. I'm looking for something just a little bit more here and there. And we could be worried about that because what if we make a mistake? Well, if you do realize later down the line that you've made a mistake, then drop them a line and say, hey, look, I dated a bit more and I think I really messed up. Because again, that shows that humility and that openness, the the realization that you might have made a mistake. And you go back and you say, would you like to go on a date again? Their reaction will show you who they are. One, they might be in a relationship and they might say, look, really sorry, but I've moved on and I'm now seeing someone else. Maybe if it comes back around again, I'll give you a message. They might be like, who do you think you are? You told me no, so I don't want to be with you. (laughs) Then chances are that wasn't the person you wanted to be with anyway. Or on that lucky chance that they're still dating and that they are able to see that you were just trying to work with what you knew at the time, they might go, you know what? I had a good time. You've come to your senses. Let's try it again. People don't escape us if they're meant to be there, but we also have to spend that time trying to work out if they are or aren't. Now, as I mentioned, your standards could be too high. It's a hard balance to know if or not, because what do you compromise on? What is okay to compromise on? Some people really find it difficult to accept somebody that has children. I've heard this many times. They don't like the idea of someone that already has had children. The problem is we're getting older (laughs) and the older you get, the likelihood is, is that maybe someone has had a child along the way. And if you are writing someone off, for example, for having children, I would explore why that is. What is the belief around someone that has had children and why that makes them now an unsuitable candidate? It might be that it is an entirely personal thing that you, inverted commas, don't want to be a mum. We don't want to be a stepmum in particular. But what is it about that that really freaks you out? Because a lot of it is just how we feel about the scenario. Unless it really is a judgmental thing about them because you look at it as a failed attempt for them. Or it's the, I wouldn't want to be a stepman, I don't know how. But at the same time, it will eliminate more and more. You've also got how important is someone's job to you. For me, I have a preference towards someone being a professional because I think it shows a particular dedication to their job. But would I prefer someone to be in a professional job that they hate, but they're in it? Or would I prefer someone to be in a less professional job, but in something that they're passionate about and enjoy? And in that scenario, probably the passionate one, based on my values, based on what I do. But ultimately, I don't care, as long as it doesn't affect our relationship. So if it is the passionate one, but they don't have enough money to go on dates, how far can that go? Because often we find that we usually match with someone that's within a particular money band as us because they have the same money mindset. They maybe have the same principles around saving money. It can be quite difficult if someone's very good at saving money and another person's very bad at saving money. Um, And on the other hand, the professional might have that unhappiness in their job. That is something that could change over time, which would be great. But it would make me question the character of the person because I would go... Is that what you want to be doing for the majority of your time if you're in that job, but you're not really happy? And the beliefs I have around that, but I'm not telling someone to change their job. I'm just looking. And it's not something that is a deal breaker for me. Communication, being open and talking about things is huge. I respond much better and get on better with people that can talk deeply about topics, can talk about themselves and are able to also listen to me. And you'll notice that there's a theme there with what I'm saying. I have to have. And so it's starting to look at what really is important. I wouldn't say I have a type, like they've not all got blonde hair or brunette hair per se. I don't look at people in that way. Height wise, they've definitely been, people that I've swiped on have been 
anywhere from mostly the same height as me. I don't think I've gone too much short, but sometimes you don't know. You literally look at the profile and can't tell, but it's not a deal breaker for me. I don't think I look at it much of the time. It's more to do with what have they written on their profile? Is it even full up? Is it there? It is all about just keeping an eye on it. And ultimately, every now and then you might let someone through. And it's that give and take here and there that you just take a little bit of a risk on. Maybe there's only one thing in their profile that you go, oh, I just don't know. Go and have the day and talk to them and bring that topic up and just say, I was a bit taken aback by this bit. I wasn't really sure if I was going to swipe on you because of this and start a conversation around it. Hear them out about what it is because we don't want to rule everyone out all the time because how wrong can dating profiles be sometimes? It is a snapshot of what a person thinks that they think someone else will want to hear about them. And how accurate is it sometimes? I'm sure you've gone on dates where you thought they were going to be great because they looked great on paper and had decent enough chat. And then when you got there, you were like, this is not the same. Did you have help in your messages? How did this happen? So sometimes taking a step back and, and just treating people as they present when you're actually in person, do the video call method. The video call method is my favourite because it only has to last 20 to 30 minutes as a quick get to know someone and you will know, I promise you from that video call, you will know if they are on the wavelength that you're looking for or not. And it saves you a whole ton of time and you haven't depended on just looking at text messages to do that. So when you are in the middle of dating and you're considering, how do I keep my standards high in fact? What we have to be doing is communicating about those standards. Now I've heard the response that when someone says, what are you looking for? You should go back with, I know what I'm looking for and it's for me to work out if you are what I'm looking for or not. Because there's this concern around whether that person will become and try to be what you've literally just said. But I think at the same time, some of that openness and honesty can sometimes eliminate long-term problems and holding those standards high. You might give some vagueness to your answer and not give it all away. But if you say that you're looking for X, Y, Z, you can make sure that you're eliminating someone that's like, oh no, I want to go around and travel and I really don't want to settle down yet. Yet you were talking about marriage and children. Like that's a big one. And it doesn't matter how much chemistry you have. It doesn't matter how much connection you have. doesn't matter how perfect they seem to be. If you aren't on the same point at which you want to progress in life, you are going to be held back by them because you want to pursue that. And you are going to hold them back from going out and having those adventures and freedoms and journeys if those two things don't match. So talking about it early on isn't a bad thing. As I've mentioned a few times, you need to know what you want. And sometimes we have to go into dating and have the discussions to work out if that's actually what we want or if we're just regurgitating what we thought we should want. It's very easy to say that you want marriage and children because that's what you think you should be doing. You need to really make sure that you're connected to yourself and dig deep. Is that what I want? Because take it from someone that's done that. You can follow that path and then realise it's not all for you. And whilst it's possible to come back from that, well, it's a lot of work and a lot of upheaval to go there. So the sooner that you can connect with yourself and decide and be really sure that you know exactly what you want and it's true to yourself based on your values, then that's great. And this is what you look for in the person as well as what you're looking for outside of the person in terms of the life that you would create together. It's really important. What dynamic do you need to have as a couple? How much time are you expecting to spend with that person eventually? Uh, And also initially, are they a once a couple of weeks person and are you a I want to see you twice a week kind of person or vice versa? That's going to cause you so many difficult points if you don't communicate that early enough. 
and take people on what they say, as well as the behavior that they put alongside that too. Now, the other thing to remember when you're holding your high standards is that you don't want to let being disheartened keep you back from holding those standards. I've definitely had conversations with women who, when they start to get somebody that's responding to them in some way, the phrase would probably be giving them the bare minimum because they haven't found anyone at all before that for maybe three months, six months, even a year. They're kind of then worried to let go of that. But they can acknowledge that there are things within it that don't quite work. But they're like, but this is the only person that's come along for a while. So maybe I should lower my standard. Maybe I, maybe I am being too picky. At the end of the day, just from those people sharing that experience with me, tells me that they know it doesn't quite match. But it is the fear that there won't be anything better. And the thing is, this is becoming more and more apparent. That article, as much as some people responded to it and really weren't happy and it felt like it called men out a little bit, that conversation, therefore, is happening. It might be slow, it might be getting rebuttal, but the idea that all of us have to take responsibility for becoming better people as a way to be better in relationships is a concept that is growing and it isn't just about practicalities it isn't just about staying together for the sake of it it isn't just about standing the test of time for it to be a good relationship it's about being able to live authentically and live authentically with someone else and that means knowing what you want having those high standards and sticking with it so the next time that someone tells you that you're being too picky just remember that you are serving yourself the best by having the standards that you want. You are looking to have an experience with someone that is fun, healthy and matches what you want. And if that means holding on to a particular set of valid standards, then so be it. And if it takes six months, a year, two, three, four, five years to spend time finding that person, then so be it. Because if you don't, you're going to have subpar experiences that you then might waste time with someone that wasn't really ever for you and you might have missed the opportunities of finding some other people that fitted better. And that's okay. Having those high standards shows that you care about yourself, respect yourself and shows that you know what you want and you aren't going to let the fear of not finding someone, of not being in a relationship, of not ever being in love again, catch you out. Let me know what you think of that episode. And if you enjoyed it, give it a rating on Spotify and a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, everybody, keep celebrating single life together.